With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dino Ray Ramos, and you are listening to another episode of the New Hollywood Podcast. I yes. am joined by... Welcome, everybody. <laughs> this is Amanda and Duca, and today's guest, we have Debbie Diggs, and... best known oh, for... For his role in... <laughs> In Hamilton, Hamilton and which then, and we also have his uh, uh, his writing partner and co-star of Blind Spotting, Rafael Casal. And in this interview, David just pointed out that we did not talk about Hamilton, but it was still a really it wasn't great... mentioned a singular time. <laughs> yeah. but it was a time. really great conversation. Oh. So they were in studio to talk about their film Blind Spotting, yeah. which is coming out J- July twentieth. Mm-hmm. Um, they are Bay Area to the day. Yeah, they, they are die. Bay. Like, they, they are, are ride or die yes, Bay areas. Yeah. Um, Bay areas. Bay areas, <laughs> and they had a really cool story. I mean, the 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 um, the script for Blind Spotting, or just I guess the whole whole process for Mind Fight took about 10 years yeah. or 9 years to make. I mean, they didn't write it in 10 years, well, but, they, yeah, but it, I think like the, the the idea came 10 years ago and they kind of they just revisited it and then yeah. they, they like it just happened to be released right now. Yeah, right? and then they talk about like cultural a lot of like issues that are within the culture. They talk about gentrification. Especially in Oakland. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where the movie takes place. And then yeah. Dino and, and the guys were able to bond because yeah. they both <laughs> they were they both have Bay Area experience. Yeah. Bay Area I have, experience. <laughs> I have no I have no I cannot ne- believe you I haven't been to the I've Bay Area. I've never been. I mean I moved to LA like three years ago. Okay. So well you have plenty of and it's only like a, a six hour I just, drive. I, yeah I had no I would never <laughs> drive right. anywhere in LA that's more than an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no but never. But yeah, uh-huh. just like talking to them and hearing about how they use their experience in verse poetry and yeah. slam poetry to kind of inform this narrative of race and gentrification and appropriation. The the, the movie has a lot to unpack. And yeah, it I, does. It, it, it handles it very well. And, and it's so, it's so, like this thing, it was 10 years ago or nine years ago, but it's so timely and it yes. so fits into what's going on right now, um, oh. especially the subject matter. Like I said, gentrification, we've seen a lot of, TV shows and movies that yeah. touch on it. So um, yeah, gentrification and then like the, the shooting of unarmed black young yeah, men, which, which is kind is, of like kind of the the central part of the story. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing them at CinemaCon, and they did their presentation. Oh yeah, and they had they had written they had just written this like poem, this like uh, like sl- is it slam poetry? Not yeah, yeah, slam. Yeah. Like this, uh, what is it? What do we call it? Spoken word. Spoken yeah. word um, poem. Like the day of Comic Con. I mean, uh, Cinema Con. You have Comic Con on the mind. We're gonna be there in a couple Con weeks. Soon. Um, but we had. Uh, they just came out with it. Yeah, and there's I was video like, of it on our this side. Is, I think. This is very powerful. And they said they just wrote it that morning. Mm. So I was super impressed. They had the the audience was captivated. Yeah. Like it was, you could tell. I mean, there's two very talented guys. Yes, yes. Um, and the the yeah, and the movie comes out July 20th, and we did not talk about Hamilton. I would have talked to their ear. Of, I don't know what to say yeah. about Hamilton. And it's like, it's like you know, I would have I would have talked to David about it, but it's like, oh, we were so that into. wouldn't be fair because you would have just alienated us I know. too from the same conversation. No, that's what makes me a good journalist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think it, yeah. We were the the movie has there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, and it's I, a good it's a good movie. It's yeah. like one of those like you definitely come off and you're you have you think about a lot of stuff afterwards. Yeah. Um, oh, and then fun fact, 
David, you know the director. Yes. Which right, is yeah. kind of cool. Like you you guys went to school together or something? Yeah, we went to Chapman together, Carlos. Oh, okay, um, then, yeah, I saw that. And that's how that's how he met they met David, I think. Or maybe Right, yeah, uh, no, Carlos right, directed yeah. a bunch of music videos for David's uh rap group, uh, oh, okay. Clipping. Yeah, Clipping. Oh, yeah, Clipping. That's right. He's in a, it's alternative. Well, not not alternative. He's an experiment. It's experimental well, I think hip-hop. I've, I've seen a couple of videos and it's pretty dope. I like okay. a, I, I like but I like the way David raps anyway. Yeah. And, and his kind of delivery. Because in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, he spits like rhymes so fast that, like, it's not like Twista fast. I was, was going to say, is it like a Twista But fast? it's like so, like, sharp. Like, okay. like Twista's is a little bit more. Did you flowy. watch Hamilton? Oh yeah, did but I you watch Hamilton. But the, the guy who plays, know, yeah, well, like the guy who plays Lafayette. Did you see Hamilton? The, like, did you the, see when he was in it? No, but the, no. it's the same lyrics. So the guy who plays Lafayette when he comes in and he's like all spitting really right, fast. Right, right. It, it's it's pretty amazing. Who uh, played Laf? Who played Lafayette? When me. You saw? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I saw it in L.A., so yeah. oh, okay. I, I didn't see any. Uh, okay. But yeah, but we didn't talk about. But we talked about blind spotting, which is which is just as important. And honestly. yeah, and you all talked about real issues that are going on right now. Yeah. In, and it wasn't all of a heavy conversation. We had fun as we, we didn't do get with them all our to, guests. We didn't get them to, to spit, spit fire. fire. <laughs> but I think everybody should go see this movie. We all no, saw yeah. it. Yeah. And it's uh, it's really incredible. Yeah, it's and it's it, yeah, just kind of the style of it. There's something surreal. It's unique, yeah, yeah it's but unique, like very grounded. But Ooh, without good. further ado, here uh, here are David David Diggs and Rafael Casals. Kind of like start on a light now. So how did you guys meet? Dude, how did we meet? Is it my turn? We <laughs> 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 was quickest on the reflection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we met in high school. We um, Raphael was a real good poet. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I was also doing poems, not so as well. Schoolyard or something. And we met at a poetry slam, uh, and. Um, yeah, and then we didn't really hang out at all, and then I left for college, and uh, I came back four years later, and he was running a studio in North Oakland. We had a lot of mutual friends who were like playing our records for each other. I'd made a bunch of music while I was in college, and, um, and then we finally sort of, I went over to the studio one night, and we, we were just talking about this song earlier. Somebody asked us what the first song we ever made together was. I don't remember the name of it, but I totally remember the song, and we like stayed up all night working on this song and a few other ones, none of which have ever been released. Oh. But uh, <laughs> it does not exist anymore. Greatest hit record. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was that was kind of it. I was like, oh great, this so is who I work with now. Was it like you guys both? You had that ambition to be in, the, in entertainment, or was it just? Did you kind of just fall into it? Yeah, uh, ambitions to be artists. I, I don't okay. know that the 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 end game of any sort of like focused end game was really in sight, you know, other than like, it'd be great if we just, if we got to do this mm-hmm. for a living. Um, I think we have fairly reasonable expectations for ourselves. <laughs> what, like, what, are the, what were those? Get on stage and have an audience show up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Write a thing that eventually gets made at some point would be awesome. So I think being an artist in the Bay Area is really about managing those kinds of expectations. There aren't a lot of... Z- the industry doesn't exist there in the way that you feel like it does in Los Angeles mm-hmm. or like in New York or some of these other places. So when you're when you're an artist there, it's about, well, how can I maximize this part of my life? Mm-hmm. Like what are the things yeah. I can do to, in order to make sure I can do this more? And generally the thing you can control are things where there are people in spaces, right? So it's a great theater town. Um, and it's also a great concert town. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. we would play shows all the time. Then if you can, get enough people coming to your shows in town you can go perform in other places for way fewer people you know so there's kind of like a rubric that we were sort of following but the and at the same time sort of producing things in hopes that they would maybe at some point be mass consumed Mm -hmm. but not ever really expecting that they would be so always really focusing on the performance aspect of things because that's the one thing we could always get at home, we could always get 500 people at a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, we we sort of fell back on that all the time. <laughs> Our mantra is um, 
energy up expectations, expectations down. down. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, good. I like that. Nice shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, so you're here for blind spotting, and it's been in the development for, or was in the works for some time before getting released. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, when uh, the when does the Sundance. sun uh, and yeah, printing out at Sundance. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes out on the twentieth. The twentieth, yeah. July. Um, but what was the initial spark that kind of lit the flame for this this movie? Raphael? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask, was this before or after Trayvon Martin? <clears throat> or during? Oh, it b- before Trayvon well Martin. Before yeah, Trayvon yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah no, uh, the catalyst was uh, I had sort of made the early part of my career on, on YouTube when YouTube was starting to take off doing poetry and music and I was doing HBO's Deaf Poetry at the time, and Jess Calder, one of our producers, either that, either somebody sent her one of those videos, or she found it, or whatever, or it popped it on the, the recommended page, which was popular back then. Um, oh, yeah. She, she found, remember the you know, early back, days of YouTube? Back, <laughs> back when YouTube wasn't like the endless vault of Yeah, videos. you would go down a, a rabbit hole. There was yeah. only five videos on yeah. there. Right. The rabbit holes this, this were very This was the time where like a million, a million views on a YouTube video back then was like absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many views. Um, and so I was getting sort of the, the feature spots on the homepage a lot. And, and Jess found it and was looking for, you know, new new writers and new projects. They were just coming off their their first couple movies, and um, she slid in the DMs, mm-hmm. and uh, as you do, as, as you do, <laughs> that, she she may have been the YouTube DMs. These oh. are like yeah. these are these are pre DMs. I'm telling DMs. you guys, this is some, you don't even. People, uh, there's a lot of history here. We just got fact checked about this by the New York Times. Like, we're like, there aren't DMs on YouTube. We're like, the, yes, they there are. were. They are in the early iterations. I oh yeah. No, you could slide in the DMs on YouTube. Okay. Um, YouTube. YouTube kicked it all off. Uh, So my DMs were slid in. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, just just liked the the way in which I was using verse um, to tell stories on there. And she was like, it'd be really interesting to see if you wanted to tell, you know, if you, if you, whether or not you'd be interested in, in working on films that had this kind of language. And I was like, girl, who are you, you trying to catfish me? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, eventually, like, we, we met up. Her, her and her then-boyfriend, now-husband, and, and producing partner, Keith Calder, flew up, and we met and sort of threw around ideas for about a year or two. And then uh, eventually I introduced them to David. They fell in love with him, as people do. And um, Aww. 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 if you have a good sound effect, you go there. You can't see this, but I pressed it. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then they were like, "Well, we should all do something together." I was like, "Yeah, that was gonna happen, but mm. cool, cool, it's your idea." <laughs> and uh, you know, we knew we wanted to, so we knew we wanted to to tell a story with verse as its core. We knew we wanted it to be about the Bay Area. We knew we wanted it to write and star the two of us because we're vain. And then uh, and then I think right right around the time that they met David, uh, Oscar Grant happened and opened oh. that shooting happened at, Fru- at Fruitvale Bard Station. Um, and so we knew that, then we knew that we wanted to tell the story of the town reacting to this, uh, to the, or a shooting like this or an event like this. Uh, because we we were in the city at the time that it was that it happened. Diggs was living just down the street from Fruitvale at the time, and uh, and the ripple that it sent, the conversations that it sent through the city, the polarizing nature of the event. It's like it has the same, you know, to to what Trump getting elected to the country, that ripple that it sent through the country, like that shooting sent a different sort of super polarizing ripple through Oakland. Of mm-hmm. how did you see that case? How did you see the person who was killed? How did you see the police officer? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to talk about the city's reaction. Uh, and then we started this, you know, 10-year writing problem. We, we wouldn't know it was 10 years at the time. We might not have signed <laughs> yeah, up for it if we knew it was that long. Uh, but, you know, we, we set out to make this movie with Jess and Keith, and they ended up still being our producers who, who did it in the end. Which is amazing. Yeah. We didn't understand how rare that was at the time. But, and we spent a lot of time. They were in L.A., and we mm. were like, be doing these drives up and down the five, mm. like pretending we knew how to write a screenplay so we could impress them. You know, like we were just trying to not let these big Hollywood producers, uh, you know, who were like two years older than us. Yeah, <laughs> this was like they had made a movie, so they might as well have been a hundred years old. Yeah, that was one more movie than we had made. So, yeah. 
I mean, like you, you did mention, you know, kind of how the social climate and the news influenced the movie, but it, it, it was, you said it was like 10 years, but at any point w- w- did the story shift because of what was going on in the news? And like, it, it just happens to be, I guess, you know, serendipitous that this movie comes out now at a time where it's like, yeah, it's like constantly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, the biggest change in the film is that at that in those early drafts, it was there was a huge community response to mm-hmm. the thing, and we were showing that there were riots and protests and all that. But that's not how we respond to these things anymore. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, the the fantasy at the time I think was that in responding that way to how these things were in sort of capitalizing on the fact that these things were finally being reported. Um, and taking these moments to respond to protests to be out in the streets is something would change and it didn't they just kept being reported mm-hmm. and so now there's this kind of fatigue associated with it and that's the major change in the film is all that stuff is gone and the only person with a palpable reaction to the to the shooting is Colin because he witnesses mm-hmm. it and everybody else is uh, sort of trying to figure out how to go on about their lives once they realize that the victim doesn't check off all the right boxes right we are a convicted felon you are not worth protesting for because that's going to be a waste of time they can already vilify you you may as well deserve to die even if we don't believe that way like getting out of bed at that point is is hard and we all have this kind of this kind of fatigue from that i think so um that was that was one of the things that had to change in the script over time there are lots of little things like that sort of you know we didn't write this movie 10 years ago. We wrote this movie for 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So like, there's a, there's a difference. Uh, there's a constant sort of checking back into it. And, and, and we wrote this movie two months before it came out. Right, shot yeah, it. yeah. It is, it <laughs> really? is a very contemporary movie. Okay. Um, yeah. But the... It's just yeah, been in the... Kind of on in marinating. We we almost made it like three or four times before this. Yeah. So every time there was a most recent version, you know, and this time we, we did the same thing. We... we we had a few months before we were going to shoot it. We rewrote it again uh, so that it would feel contemporary. Mm-hmm. But the, unfortunately, there's aspects of the conversation that haven't evolved. How the, 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 the movie tackles, you know, cultural identity and especially like in the Bay Area and and um, how careful were you in telling the story of and two friends? Of yeah, different and also races? race, too. Yeah, yeah I think we it's, make yeah. it broad like that and talk about race. And why was it so important to highlight different Aspects of race, like different elements that are that are, I guess, specific to. to I mean, yeah. Race. Like when I was watching, it, I was like, "There's just so much to unpack." And I was when we were getting ready, I was like, "There's so much I want to ask you guys," but without giving anything away, or <laughs> yeah. or just kind of and just just trying to mm-hmm. be all. I, I just want to kind of because it approaches this topic in, in in a way that I haven't seen before. I think. Uh, w- we never thought about the film as approaching topics, right? Yeah. We thought about telling the the story, honestly, for these two characters. And in the process of that, what what we discover, and I think what we sort of discover when we're watching, is that we're all dealing with all of this shit all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so... Yeah, it's more that we just don't ignore them right, right. in the movie. And that's that's that can feel very, like... There's a lot when of... you have the mirror held up to you about well, how much you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, man, that is a lot. Yeah, we are thinking, we are holding that all in our bodies all the time. There are things that are, like, conventional. You know, we talked about this a bunch in the, in the working on it, is that it's, a, it's, it's trying to be a buddy comedy to the, to the best of its mm-hmm. abilities. There's a... If, if you try to make a buddy comedy and you, ignore, and you don't ignore the, the real world it's, and the yeah. real circumstances, all of a sudden it's very hard to, to maintain oh. that same thing. So, but I mean, you don't, but you, that's the experiment. And so, you know, when you have two folks of, uh, uh, who, you know, are of different races who are, but essentially Colin and Miles' experiences have been almost identical same, yeah. up until about a year ago where Colin went to jail. Yeah. You know, like that's that's really the the first time where their experiences have diverged in a, yeah. in a really significant way. Um, and then what's happening on top of that is their community is changing in such a way that there are people that don't understand their context. And this is one of the one of the interesting things about gentrification and about the, the sort of ways that cities are changing is that, um, you know, 
when you look at what's her name barbecue Becky or whatever <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying like you that Gotta is Becky. someone coming yeah, into a situation BB, yeah the girl who called the people for no that's the other one actually we were gonna cover that later on so yeah we'll get back we'll get to we'll get to there there are various examples popping up in the news today of people people calling law enforcement on things that happen regularly in their neighborhood but they didn't know that because they ain't been in the neighborhood mm-hmm. so that's a that's a, an ignorance of context right mm-hmm. that's a that's a i don't understand why these people are making noise and partying yeah. outside of my house well that's been going on for 20 years actually you moved into this mm-hmm. and you need to understand that context and so mm-hmm. that's you know miles and colin as well as everybody in the film are two people who are having their context challenged all of a sudden in a way that it hasn't been before Mm. um and in that sense all of a sudden race comes into play in a way that it hasn't before in their relationship because they grew up together and race is fake you know it's a construct Mm -hmm. so like they don't they don't actually they have they've dealt with it in the way that that people always deal with it you know Miles doesn't say the N-word. That doesn't happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they're beyond that conversation. He understands the mm-hmm, historic, mm-hmm. the the reasons that that is not okay for him to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so it's not like they're having, they haven't had these conversations in the past. They're actually yeah. like way so far beyond these kinds of discussions because they're actually friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, and that, and that's, that's a particularly, or what feels to us like a, like a Bay Area thing, mm-hmm. right? Everybody I knew was mixed growing up to an extent, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we're, it's a, it's a pretty like mixed up place. Yeah. And so, you know, it was important to us to have, uh, have Colin's mom be in a relationship with an Asian American man. Cause that's a real relationship mm-hmm. that we don't get to see on in presented in films as much. Like was, you know, we wrote Val as Filipina, uh, and then Janina came in and, and murdered the audition, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, Val ended up being Indian. But the, you know, the either way, those kinds of it was it, we wanted to present characters who are sort of existing a couple steps beyond our sort of base surface level understanding. Mm-hmm nationally about of what race relations are yeah. like i remember this moment going to i went to i went to college in providence i went to brown university every year they had a thing called the interracial dating forum okay in which they, okay. Would, in which they would put people up <laughs> oh in which they would put people up on stage who this. were in relationships with people of, of different yeah. races mm-hmm. and like ask questions to them like maury povich style about how is this possible <laughs> wow. this is the year 2000 you know what i'm saying like that's interesting yeah and it used to blow my mind because i didn't know anybody who hadn't dated people outside of their race you know what i'm saying like i i I, that's crazy uh, i've only done that that's (laughs) (laughs) there are people that actually have forms because i i mean i i don't think it happens anymore to be fair i went and did a talk at brown and nobody knew what i was talking (laughs) about okay good that's yeah i saw that on my yeah i saw that on my interracial dating forum yeah yeah (laughs) Wow. Gotta ask I'm, questions, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know, teachable moments, et cetera. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Right? Like, how do we go to the um, together? And what do you do? But, so, <laughs> because of an outsider perspective, because of people coming in and thinking and thinking things about Khan and Miles that they have never thought about themselves, mm-hmm. it's forcing them to examine their relationship yeah. in a larger cultural context. We're really just trying so, to, th- that scene that you're talking about is is, is mostly just about Colin trying to explain to Miles a context that he doesn't fully understand now because there's not o- not only that not so much that, that he hasn't understood his context the whole time but mm-hmm. like there's there's a new level of consequences to the way he walks through the world yeah. now and the the reckless way in which they've grown up together now no longer mm-hmm. suits him mm-hmm. and it doesn't suit Miles either yeah right. you know Miles is Miles is just more of a hothead than Colin now mm-hmm. we don't actually know that that was, that, that was true yeah. a year or two ago mm-hmm. in fact about midway through the movie you're sort of reminded that it's probably not that, mm-hmm. they, that they've existed with the same sort of territorial you know jump first nature for a long mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. but that that wears differently on Colin in general, and more so in the last year, and especially in these yeah, last, yeah, in these yeah, last yeah. days, you know. No, I thought it was really interesting how you guys kind of set it up, set it up to where like your character was more of like the level-headed character, but you were you you were the one that was you know just in jail, um, and and then your character was more of like the hothead character, but it was like 
you know, the consequence, like you said, the consequences seem like they would just be, be different and, and your character was really aware, aware of those, I guess after. I Newly aware of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, becoming yeah. aware of this more and more and part of, you know, part of Colin's deal is this is sort of an exaggeration of, of a PTSD that I think a lot yeah. of black people feel in general and a lot of people of color feel and a lot of mm-hmm. poor people feel mm-hmm. where there's like a, a kind of, there is less worth placed on your body than on other people's mm-hmm. bodies. And once you start to become aware of that, whatever the moment is in your life, whatever time you were followed around a store, or whatever time you were pulled over for no reason or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, the more you start to become aware of that, the more that starts to like exist in your body a lot. And mm-hmm. Colin has just had this experience which forces him to be even more aware of it. Plus, he's on probation, which means they actively are, at the very least, trying to throw him back in jail mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. kill him because probation is a that's a trap. Mm-hmm. So like the you know there are he is being hunted in a real way uh, at least to be captured again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that you can make money off of somebody in jail but then the you know furthering that is now this this sort of awareness about his safety in a place where he has always felt the most safe and in circumstances with the person who's always felt the most safe mm-hmm. with I mean that's the that's the sort of tragic thing about this loss of context is this friendship has been where these two have both found safety historically mm-hmm. And that's becoming less possible. Mm-hmm. What inspired the the like the verse driven approach? Is just is it just your your background? Because I, I read that you were you you started out in experimental theater, and then you're also part of an experimental hip hop group. Yeah, clipping. I would, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I would love to know what that is because. You can listen to it. Go ahead and play <laughs> clipping examples on the show. <laughs> Don't move nothing, statue. Shoot about to go nuts, cashew. Need cash off the books, pass through. Real cheese for the cooks, rat food. He got drums for that ass, get fucked. Get your face rearranged, nip tuck. Dude, heavy in the streets, big truck. Get money, so get the money. Started That's with the poetry. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the producers asking about that. Yeah, okay. that, that was that was the initial prompt. Was like, it was always going to be in verse. Yeah, it was always going to be in verse. It was Rafa, do you want to write a movie? with verse as the core of the film. Mm-hmm. And then from there came in our, the other places in which we've used verse. We've done a lot of verse-driven theater stuff. We've done a lot of music. Like all of those play into it. But that, that catalyst, was the, that was the prompt from the producers. Did you guys, uh, were you guys like, I don't know if there's that many verse-driven content out there. So there what, was that what? one, um, the Spike Lee one. Um, Chirac? Yeah, Chirac. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, an interesting so. example of it, but that's playing in particular yeah. on, a, on, a, on a classic verse yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. on a classic mm-hmm. story, right? And so... So I guess what I'm asking, like, did you guys have things that you could pull from? to kind of help structure. Well, what's funny is like we've been, that's how you, I mean, we met, we started working together making songs. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, that was the stuff we knew how to do. So those sections that are in verse, that the the verse section at the end mm-hmm. is the oldest thing in the, mm-hmm. we knew how to do that and we were fairly confident in it too. So like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's that 10,000 hours thing, right? I've spent yeah. more time rapping than I've spent doing anything in my mm-hmm. life. So like that stuff, I think that's true for both of us. So, like, even still, um, so that stuff we knew we were fairly certain that was gonna work. Yeah. At least from our, we knew the verses would be successful. We didn't know necessarily how to translate that to film. But the tricky mm-hmm. part was about constructing a movie around that. What we didn't know that how was, to do was, was, was make oh, yeah. a movie. Yeah. Um, so the so like, there's not really that many examples you can. You can yeah. No, but that's the fun is to yeah, do yeah. something new. Okay. You know, we've seen movies where verses exist in the universe, like Saul Williams did Slam early mm-hmm. on, like that. That's a, a movie with poetic verse in it, but he is a poet, and that is what he is that is existing in the universe in which like he is an artist they're colin miles are not rappers you know the verses the verse is happening in a heightened moment Mm. to condense and and deliver information that has you know nuance and is sort of multifaceted right Mm -hmm. that's why we use metaphor it's it's a it's a method method of uh of compacting a bunch of dense information into one line that you can then unpack in your own time or in your own head um so we haven't seen a lot of examples of that, but there's been a lot. There's, I mean, in movies, I mean, we yeah, see it all yeah. the time where we musical grew up theater is like all a, verse too. Right. You know, like there's yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a very like Bay Area feeling thing. I mean, we know, you know, that we play with language there. It's like part of that is also the thing about the film. You know, for us, so much about this was making a, telling an Oakland story mm-hmm. in a way that felt like the Oakland we know. And so much about that is about language. It's about the yeah. way that language is used, about the way that metaphor is used conversationally. 
Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But would we sort of like pride ourselves on being creators of language, mm. and so and so, to, it, it was it was necessary for us to show to people who are versatile, who are who are great with words, who are talented with words, and who don't dwell on that. Who that's not what they're trying yeah. to do, you know. Mm. Yeah, that actually goes into my question. I actually came here from the Bay Area. I lived there for about ten years yeah, before. Yeah. Before and my my family still lives there. I actually lived in Dublin for the first, like hey, hey, <laughs> Dublin hey, and hey, um, and San Ramon, and then not a common answer. Yeah, no, <laughs> but then the and then then I moved to the city, uh, and then like I think if I stayed there, I probably would have moved to Oakland just because. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I worked for the, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, and I, I worked for the Oakland Tribune. I, I was, I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, so I, I'm still there. But so like when I was watching this, I was like, it actually felt like the Bay Area to me. Oh, and so yeah, I, I, I like the most. I, I liked it because it felt like Oakland to me, and and. At what lengths did you go to make it as authentic as possible and like kind of weaving in that whole gentrification talk in there and like to add to that, how do you think gentrification can work without kind of taking the spirit away and having a bunch of like permit patties or and barbecue Becky's not yeah. coming in? I mean, it's, it's just wild because both of those things happened in the Bay Area and the permit patty that happened outside of my old apartment where I used to oh, live wow. in the city. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was just like, oh, what's going on there? Um, yeah, it's definitely in a moment there right now. Mm. I th- the, yeah, the, as far as keeping it sort of Bay Area centric, yeah. that was just, I mean, everything we, every every crossroad that we came to with the film was about whether or not it felt authentic to mm. the Bay, whether it was the location or the way people dressed or the way actors were talking or the way we were lighting things mm. or you know, everything was, well, can we... In post, too. The, the music, music the is all Bay Area music. All of that. But yeah, yeah, there are 40 needle drops in the thing, and 38 of them are Bay Area. Oh, yeah. nice. Everything was, how, how do we shoot as much of this movie as possible in Oakland? And yeah. the, really, the only moments we had to go outside of Oakland was to, like, Richmond. Mm-hmm. You know, because the location that we had in Oakland, we lost mm-hmm. when we went to Richmond. Yeah. Um, but that's another big, Richmond's another big facet of the Bay. And so yeah. we got to do a nod to Richmond, which Up was awesome. Up the street from my mom's house. Yeah. So yeah. in Richmond. You know, I'm still, still. Ryan Coogler's from the early. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. And I've, there, there's that one scene, it's not spoiling, when he goes to that one party of that guy, the, <laughs> <I> guess, <laughs> the one thing, yeah, yeah, with, one the guy, with the guy, yeah, one he comes in and he says the thing and Miles is like, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There's that one, and I'm like, I was like, oh my God, I've been to that party before. You know that party too. I mean, there's, there's a party like that in every city, it's I think. Yeah. 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 Particularly yeah. where there's like a budding tech industry, right? Oh, like, God. Because, like, like, I was we like, all oh. might end up at that party. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that party seemed too familiar. It's like, as soon as you walk in, you want to leave. <laughs> Good, we nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually at one this past weekend. <laughs> How'd that go for you? <laughs> How long did you stay? Was there free food? Because I, I, I would have stayed if there, there was free food. It's, it's a long story. <laughs> I, I did stay, but out of obligation for who invited me. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. off mic. It's essentially why Colin was there. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, okay. I um, think, well, also to your, to your oh yeah, question about what, how, uh, ways for it to work without, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's part of the, the discussions that start circling, not just around this film, but around, uh, you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. every, every all, all things that are touching on this right now. But I think, um, the uh, there's um i was just talking about this earlier michael tubbs who's the mayor of stockton hmm. uh who's become a friend of mine mostly because i i think he's doing amazing things mm-hmm. um but he one of his goals in the next few years is to be able to pay for every every public school kid in stockton to go to college right um and the the idea behind that is like there's a kind of of uh, financial mobility that college provides. Like that's there's you know you can you can see that there's data mm. for that, right? Um, there in creating a sort of civic pride surrounding advancement of students and and having them hopefully want to come and give back to the communities that they that they oh, come yeah. from. Now you get people coming back to Stockton to buy up buildings who have investment mm-hmm. in the real community. And that's a that is an interesting take on it that I hadn't heard before, but there is it is not cities are not in the business of turning down money, right? Yeah. So if somebody comes in and wants to buy up a bunch of shit, chances are they're going to let them buy up a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh the 
the hope is that we can have an equal influx of people coming back buying up shit who are from there who have a connection to the to the the, yeah. the town culturally mm-hmm. and will be invested in protecting and preserving that as opposed to changing that in order to make it marketable mm-hmm. for other people who don't know about it. Yeah. And that's that's, that's sort of the tricky that's part of work. Yeah. yeah. And that's but the you know so we'll we'll see as more yeah. and more communities try different things, but that's the you know the problem with gentrification is not the soul cycle it's that the soul cycle isn't for you actually mm-hmm. you're saying like you probably would have loved it there five years ago yeah. but like now it only also comes along with a different way of policing and rising property values so you can't live there yeah. anymore and a whole bunch of other things that make it clear that that place isn't actually for you when you're when the police are called on you because you're hanging out in a Starbucks mm-hmm. where you're totally allowed to hang yeah. out yeah. In, yeah. but they're not called on anybody else sitting in that Starbucks who isn't from where you're from you know that's a problem and that yeah. makes you acutely aware that that Starbucks wasn't there for you yeah wow yeah yeah, I mean, like, going back, when I go back to the Bay Area now, it's it's interesting. To, well, because I, I spent most of my life in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And Which is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never the, been, so... That's so crazy. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I, I, like, I remember... All you I, have now is the capital of the Hunger Games. Yeah. San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco is just yeah. the place that yeah, the wealthiest live. Okay. I mean, but it's like... Yes. And then like all, Everyone's no, all just my, left there. Yeah. <laughs> all of my friends that used to live in the city now live in Pacifica, Daly City. They've moved to Oakland. They've right. moved to Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. We know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and when I go into the city, I'm just like, oh, this isn't my sound. Because I moved there right when kind of the gentrification was on the uptick. Right, right. I, re- I remember walking through the Mission District and it being so sketchy, but it was like Valencia Street was in all those restaurants and everything. Well, and, uh, yeah. A friend of mine who was raised in the Mission, like this is maybe eight years ago, mm-hmm called me like called me on the phone and was like i just walked he's he's mexican he's like i just walked through the mission and saw not a single latino person oh i walked 15 blocks exactly and didn't see a single one mm. that's crazy mm. that was that's you know one of historically yeah one exactly. of the latino cultural hubs of the west coast yeah. yeah so like and that's five or six years ago what we're talking about. yeah that neighborhood was changed really violently mm-hmm. i remember going to that neighborhood growing up all the time we went there so that my dad could show off his lowriders. <laughs> cool. You're like that would be absurd now mm-hmm. <laughs> to go over there. They'd be for who? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a little gracias bit. madre. Yeah, yeah gracias <laughs> madre. There's a bunch of <laughs> farm, Mexican farm to table guy. stuff and like. Uh, yeah. oh. he I mean, be, he would be furious. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. that's why I don't because like, like my my family still lives there. They still live in the you know deep east but you know like yeah yeah i mean all my but all my friends still like of course i'm filipino so daily city yeah yeah, 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 yeah. y'all own (laughs) so all my family a lot of families there i have a lot of family in in san jose so Mm -hmm. there's a lot more to discover yeah yeah yeah, 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 totally but and like but you know what you end up with in san francisco it's crazy you walk through the tenderloin now like tenderloin's always been rough right that was but it's worse now than it's Mm. ever been you talk to anybody from there and they'll tell you that and, uh, you know, what you have is a totally vanished middle class, right? Mm-hmm. Middle class people cannot live in San Francisco. So you have wealthy and you have homeless and that's it. And and the social services are drying up too. And so what you end up is a bunch of junkies out on the street and like with nowhere to go. And then a bunch of wealthy people complaining that there are junkies on the street. Mm-hmm. My, my girlfriend was, was doing a show in San Francisco and, and she was put up in a, in a building in the, the new Nemo building. Um, oh, oh, that one. right, yeah, which yeah. is like on Tenth and Market, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Babe, you can't be walking around there." Like that's actually not. And I yeah. came to visit. It was like stepping over it's, junkies yeah. in the morning. Like I don't know, you I know. I feel like LA is kind of becoming L- like Hollywood. That. Look at Hollywood yeah. right now. Because I was in downtown. Tent my, cities. My friend's apartment mm-hmm. is nice, and I was getting picked up by an Uber, and literally walked down the corner, and he was like, "Oh, you're not in a safe neighborhood." But I'm like, these apartments are. Oh super yeah, expensive. I live in downtown right now. That's you can't go to a restaurant. You got to step over a minimum they of three people to get like, yeah. to a restaurant. He was like, "Yeah, you were in a safe." I wanted to make sure you were picked up. I was like, I didn't even like. I mean, there were a lot of people, like people, but I didn't realize it was like. Well, they do. They do this great job. When they're when they're gutting a neighborhood, where they create these little incubated mm-hmm. areas where you're safe. Like even my building, when I moved into it, has a central courtyard and security that walks you around. And they like and they have a they have a sh- like they're the parking lot is two blocks away. And there's a shuttle service that'll take that goes you back two, and wow. forth two blocks to your door. Like how how crazy is that? They rather spend the extra money to like invite people who don't feel comfortable exactly. around those neighborhoods there and just keep them incubated and safe from the people who live there. Like. 
there's some there's some new policy. I think Garcetti's doing this thing now where uh, they've decided that the city of LA has enough homeless shelter housing to just start to reinstate the policing the streets to like if if they camp on the streets they'll just rip the camp down. But like, there's no way that you have enough housing for that, and yeah. it's not a ha- necessarily a housing problem. It's a mental health problem. It's people getting out of jail with a hundred dollars yeah. and getting dumped in downtown. Like, you can't, you cannot. And this is something we talked about with our movie a lot. You can't silo problems that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, oh, it's just a homeless problem. No, it's not. Yeah. A homeless pro- a homelessness is a symptom of massive systemic problems, and they all are. You can't just sort of point at one symptom and go, we've got a solution for this. Yeah. Let's move on. Or let's mm-hmm. shift these people out, or let's take a van around yeah. them until oh, until the population horrible. there is so fed up they're like San Francisco where it's a bunch of wealthy people being like boom 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 you know we yeah. have to we have to get rid of the junkies the junkies are the problem right. so the junkies aren't the problem the junkies have been here for a long time you're yeah. new Probably, yeah you're new and you and and in that elimination of the middle class by moving in the wealthy people well, and this is and I have no data to back this up but a friend of mine who you know sells drugs was telling me that it is better now to sell drugs in the tenderloin than it's ever been <clears throat> oh because, you, because everyone from Silicon Valley knows you can get them cheap there so actually the new influx of junkie problems is directly related <laughs> oh my god to, <laughs> like I said I have no data to back wow. this I up. mean it's not surprising though it's not surprising oh, if it's god. true <laughs> I would allegedly <laughs> Just add but that you know, in we're there. in California. The, dr- <laughs> the drugs have never been more legal. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, what's next for you guys? I know you have a show. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Are we going to see you again in Blackish as well? I hope so. I don't know. Well, I haven't right. seen scripts. Yeah, yeah, You'll yeah, be yeah. back. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I fucking love y'all, huh? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and then there's a film um, for Netflix that Dan Gilroy directed yeah. called Velvet Buzzsaw that's also coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? I got a bunch of things that I can't talk about. Yet. Oh, you are paperwork, just a paperwork, vault. Paperwork. Are you I can't. I can't. <laughs> you are a vault of secrets. This is really like awkward moment <laughs> yeah. between like signing things yeah. and when you're allowed to talk. Uh, about yeah, them. and you're I in this. It. You're you in this. Like, every time I leave an interview, I like text all my people like, please close. We're working on the soundtrack for the movie now. Yeah. That's really exciting. Oh, for yeah. us. We have a production company now with the same people we did Blind Spotty with, and we're developing projects with them there. Oh. So, okay. Yeah, more movies in the Bay Area, please. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Don't of worry. Yeah. We'll, we'll always be trying. Remember the first spoken word you performed, and if so, do you remember any lines? From any it? lines from it? Nope. <laughs> I promise you, I don't. I have I no idea. Or like, well, what's the early, your earliest like a, memory? I guess I don't know, man. I was like not nearly as good of a poet as Raphael was, mm-hmm. so I would be sitting outside the poetry slams, like scrub, scribbling. Diggs ideas wasn't trying to go career. <laughs> I wasn't. I was, was like, just trying to win me fifty dollars. So I was like, <laughs> I was trying like, to win titles, I was trying <laughs> to win national titles. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't yeah, know. That, that I can tell you this: that's a sort of a little-known fact is that uh, because Brown University said on their application that your 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 uh, essay could be literally anything you want. Oh, wanted. cool! So I submitted a poem that I had written and performed earlier in the year called "Where My Niggas At." Okay, and they still okay. let me in. <laughs> That is really fun. <laughs> it was about being the only black kid in AP classes. It was really should, not very good. But <laughs> oh, I wish I would have done that too. Well, no, 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 well, not, not about, yours I exactly. About, I wrote about having parents. Yeah, you might not. Want to <laughs> it, but I, I just know wrote, you Daily City, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you guys are the black Asians. Yeah, we are the black <laughs> Asians apparently. Uh, well, in I my don't experience, mind. yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> we are. In the Bay Area, that is. Yeah. <laughs> you can't turn a corner without saying one of us. <laughs> um, All them bonfires. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, do you remember? Do you remember first poem? Yeah, yeah. Or your earliest? Or earliest memory? Yeah, and, earliest. And so it's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. Man. Uh, I think, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, yeah, there was such a long period of being awful. <laughs> like, give us an, give us all. No, no. I, I blocked those out of my memory for sure. But you know, like some people just get up on a medium and they're just the first thing they do. They, they just, this, I, and I, and I, I love lapping these people later, but they come right out and they, and they do a great job and they get immediate, like you get immediate praise, like doing a really great song your first time out. Mm-hmm. 
that's a that's like the per the person coming you know coming out fast off the, off off the block in a race. I'm using a race analogy. I don't know a lot about racing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like it, you know, the 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 builder for me has has always been more about work than it is like having some like innate natural talent. Like I have years of being really shitty at poetry. <laughs> I got any good at it. Well, um, it, it, it is a it, it is like a um, an admirable uh, talent to do slam poetry and and. I remember my idealistic phase of a really militant Filipino boy t attending Texas A&M University. Yes. I, I, I went out there and I was just so angry. I was like, oh, <laughs> ah, that was me. That'll get you a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, I was like, and then I just stopped because I was like, you are too angry. You need to calm down. <laughs> um, there's so many poets there who, is, I wish, <laughs> who I wish I followed that plan. True. I was but like, oh, there's nothing it, in there. It's the, weird when you're like 35 and you're screaming on a microphone. <laughs> yeah, like, right. You got to deal with this somewhere else. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I, I was like, oh, I think I'm done with this phase of my life. Right. Yeah, but there is, yeah. there's a reason that you teach it to yeah. kids, though, and there's a reason it's always, I don't know if you ever go to youth poetry slams or whatever, but it's always like the most, even if it's a poem you've heard a hundred times, yeah. there's more honest there than it's ever, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's raw. Young people, it's, yeah. Yeah. Young people need to, like yeah. that venting, that, 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 you know. Yeah. And also it's, it's, it is the way, I mean, this is another reason that Colin at the end of the film has to speak in verse, right? Mm -hmm. It is the way that you can convince people to listen to what young folks have to say, right? That's the reason you teach poetry classes mm. to kids. It's not about making great poets necessarily, but it is about you have things to say and nobody cares unless you make it pretty. So ah, like you, you teach that kind of virtuosity and then all of a sudden people will sit forward and listen. Yeah. Um, cause so um, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the movie Top Five, um, Chris. Chris Rock's yeah. So what are y'all's top fives? Top five what? Hip hop acts of E40. all time. E40. Okay, oh, number E40, one. Yeah. Oh, E40 scary. right away. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first came to LA, E40 was like a big thing, and I was like, who's this person? He's always been a big <laughs> yeah. thing. I don't have you talking shit about 40. Right <laughs> I just remember to tell me when to go. That's E40. Right? Yeah, that is. That's yeah. late. E40. That's late. Late E40. We don't want to go down. You have to go outside and do a lot of hail marys. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's the guy. I right take it there. back. I take it back. <laughs> okay, um, so E40. I'm sure that's both of our number one, okay. which is why I was able to say that. Just get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, the rest of my list rotates fairly often. Uh, mine rotates pretty Who's often. Who's it right, right now? Yeah. Who else is on my list right now? Uh, I think Three Stacks is forever on my list. Kendrick mm -hmm. is on my list. Kendrick's oh, on my list. Good that's one. Right there. Uh, uh, right now, at this at this moment, right now, Rhapsody's on my list for sure. Mm. I actually can't get enough of her these days. I keep coming back to her music. Um, One more. I'll say it. Eminem's on my list. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I haven't heard that. We were we were just talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we're I talking about that. like of all time, yeah, 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 about, yeah. Like if I show up to a concert, like whose words do I know the most? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. I was in high school when Eminem <laughs> dropped the Marshmallows LP. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not trying to hear no white people lie. <laughs> Don't lie with all the bleached hair. <laughs> I remember sophomore year. <laughs> like, like, we, we all remember it. We uh, all remember it. I'm still stand for Eminem. I, I like, I'm not stand yeah. for new Eminem, but I'm stand for oh, yeah. like classic first three I liked, albums. Yeah, yeah. I liked his uh, BT. Uh, oh, killed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's good. I mean, I mean, yeah, like his singles that were like released that were on like TRL charts. I mean. They were they were fine, but then like kind of like kind of I guess we called his B sides. Look, or, my yeah, yeah. my white boy rapper is always forever. This cat ASAP Rocky. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Out of out of Long Island, not to be confused with ASAP Rocky. I was gonna say, wait, ASAP Rocky is not white. Yeah, no, he's not. Not to be confused. ASAP Rock, who predates ASAP Rocky by a long shot, more than a decade. Definitely. I thought you were gonna say like Little Dick. I'm just kidding. Little Dick. No. 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 Just kidding. Those are probably like bottom. Those are mine. No. Bottom five. Those are mine. Snow. Bottom five. Bottom five. Bottom five. That's a more fun game. We should play. Bottom five. Okay. Bothers you the fucking most. Okay. Mine is snow. No. Snow the product. Wait. What's that? No. Informer. I actually heard that someone was blasting that the other day, and I don't think they were doing it ironically. No. No. No, that's still that's, <laughs> that could be a jam in the right situation. Yeah, you're right. We'll, we'll keep on Macklemore could be on my bottom. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> opened a can. Burn. <laughs> we'll keep on the music tip. Like, do you guys have a go-to karaoke song? Ooh. Oh, oh, 
Oh. <laughs> I think I think uh, uh, "Give It to Me" by Jay Z gets done a lot. Oh, that's a good. Okay, good. Because you get the falsetto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know when I like the uh, is it Outcast? Um, hey, uh, not hey. Roses yeah. really smell like. Yes. Oh. Hey, <laughs> I know. I know what's on the rap catalog of karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Goddamn it! Uh, Here's the thing about karaoke: it's no, gotta be like, shit you know the hey. words to yes. already. I don't like to read but the screen and be no. Yeah, you have I gotta to know, know. Yeah, the really song. Know. You yeah, just be like super like dumb with it. Yeah, That's and everyone like, sings exactly. along. Yeah, I'm the worst at karaoke. Like I'm, I'm the dude who sits in the back, like and never goes up. Like, oh, my turn's coming up. I swear it's coming up. I put the thing in. I just like our producers are like hardcore karaoke. Yeah, so at a lot of events, it always turns into karaoke. And the last one we did was all Disney. Oh, Disney good karaoke, one. Which is, here's the thing about Disney karaoke. Everybody knows the of Disney. Course. <laughs> of course. Everybody, and it's don't always like, like, you don't know no. the song. Like Keith Carter, one of our producers, his, his like most magical moment in front of us was um, uh, Ariel from Little Oh, Bird. Part yeah. of Your World? Doing yeah. Part of Your World. That one. He killed it. He he killed it. Killed it! I got I got the video on the deck. It's a blackmail item, so I can't just put it out. Breaking news! So good! Oh, it's so good. He's and the problem is it's amazing. Yeah, it would only make him look better. Oh my god! Yeah, so good. Yeah, sometimes those can be hard because I did Frozen, Let It Go, and there's that one part. That's well. You did that to yourself. Yeah, there's that one part where keeps on changing keys. That's I can't blame that on your. I know. I was like, I was like, if I. Could do Kelly Clarkson. I could do this. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> Kelly like determined. See, yeah, what an interesting interview. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I don't, that's why I don't like, like again. I mean, Fili- respect it. Yeah, again, it's Filipino, and that's in the blood. That's <laughs> karaoke. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You can't, you, can't, you can't say no. You're like you're lying. I remember. You say that. I don't you know what restaurant is. I drove by. Uh, it was a Filipino restaurant. A guy was just singing karaoke. It was a Filipino. He was like my tito or like my uncle, just <laughs> singing outside. And I was like, it was like at nah, ten o'clock at night. I tell you right now, that's 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 the immediate no invitation. A bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of Filipinos are like, let's go to karaoke. Nah. <laughs> I y'all, all y'all are made for American Idol. All <laughs> y'all <laughs> just singers nonstop. It's the other black church. It's the Filipino church. All right, you gotta give us one. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, we our final question we ask all our guests, all of our guests, all of, all of them. Um, being this the new Hollywood. Podcast, yeah, seeing this is the new Hollywood. And like to highlight diversity. Is there an underrepresented voice, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, creator, in not in the mainstream right now that you think needs more recognition? That is like not already in the this, industry? Like that people don't know about, yeah. but you feel like this needs, person needs more needs a spotlight. Mm. I know there's multiple, but. I'll do a writer. Mm. Yeah, um, a writer would be good. We, yeah, we're just starting to work with a, a friend of ours, Sarah Kay, mm-hmm. who's an amazing poet and storyteller, arguably one of the best I've ever heard. Um, and she's sort of starting the transition to film stuff. I'm really excited to work with her. And she's like huge in the TED Talk, like YouTube's YouTube space and travels all over the world. But she's um, she's got the juice. Sarah Kay. Sarah Kay. Sarah Kay's got the juice. Uh, I'll I'll throw out Chinaka Hodge. She's in she's in the writers' room for for Snowpiercer right now, mm-hmm. actually. But um, I've been performing her words for a long time. She's one of my favorite writers of words, and mm. she's, um, yeah, she wrote a play that totally changed my life that I did about, I don't know, 10 years ago or something at this point, but that's uh, that's another one to watch okay. out for, Chinaka. Cool. cool. Thank well, you guys. guys, this is thank this was you. Fun. It, it was an enlightening. I, we covered we covered a lot of ground. I know. We, we did. We, we talked a lot. A long, yeah, long yeah. way in a little yeah. amount of time. Like, yeah. He's like, David has. Who has to edit it? <laughs> Good luck. Good luck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, thank you so thank much you for, for stopping by. Yeah, yeah, Blind spotting. July twentieth. Yeah. In theaters. In theaters. Cool. Thanks, y'all. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.